Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Got Mental Health Podcast. I am your co-host, Rachel Cove. I am the owner of Transformational Solutions, a life coaching business that specializes in addiction, trauma, and self-destructive behaviors. I'm an author, podcast host, group facilitator, speaker, and co-creator of the online eight-week self-development course, The Visions Program. I'm your co-host, Arthur Mogilevsky, a business entrepreneur, dad, animal activist, and owner of AM Healthcare. California's leading dual diagnosis and mental health treatment centers, focusing on comprehensive and immersive treatment experiences with a network of facilities and dedicated professionals committed to providing each and every client the intimacy of care they so richly deserve. This is the Got Mental Health Podcast, a fun, open, and safe space where we talk to experts, thought leaders, and professionals in the mental health field. Our goal is to educate, inspire, and empower people to take care of their mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Join us weekly to hear Arthur talk like this as we talk all things mental health. Follow us wherever you go to get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review as it really supports our show. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, guys. And keep listening to Arthur. Welcome back, everyone, to the Got Mental Health Podcast. I am your co-host, Rachel Cove, along with my other co-host, Arthur Mogulski. Mogulevsky, Rachel. Let's Whatever. get it right. No, I refuse <laughs> to get it right. I am so thrilled to introduce Stacy Councilman to the podcast today. Stacy started martial arts kung fu with her daughter in 2012. She started Krav Maga and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in 2014 and began competing after three months of BJJ. Stacy started her nonprofit, The Warrior Forge Project, in 2015, focusing on teaching women self defense for free across the U.S. She opened a martial arts gym, the Warrior Forge Cobra Kai, in 2021 amid COVID in order to have a safe space to give more courses and classes on self-defense. She helped create the Women's Jiu-Jitsu Alliance in 2021, and she is the CEO of the Mean Girls Project. And last but not least, Stacy is currently ranked number one in the world in gi and no gi for your age and rank in BJJ Master 3 brown belt. Did I say that all correctly? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, welcome to the show. That's awesome. You're very intimidating. Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm shivering right now. <laughs> Zoom. People that know me say the opposite, but <laughs> people always say that. They say I'm intimidating when they meet me. Like, oh, my gosh, she's going to be a bitch. Can I cuss on this podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. And after they get to know me, they're like, oh, my God, she's the nicest person. <laughs> yeah. So can you just start off by telling me how you got into this world of mixed martial arts, jujitsu, and, and defining exactly what is mixed martial arts? Okay. So to me, mixed martial arts is basically that if you train and you're a practitioner in several martial arts, martial artists would be somebody that kind of has respect for all martial arts, not just one or not just believing that their art is the only one that's relevant. I've grown up around uh, a lot of people in the martial arts community who believe that their martial art is the best and it's the only one that's relevant. So um, a martial artist to me is somebody that respects all the arts and um, has kind of the bush. Bushido, Bushido mindset as well. So that's like character building, for example. Um, mixed martial artist is basically just somebody that 
is a practitioner of, of martial arts. They they don't really care if they're practicing jujitsu right now or Muay Thai right now or Krav Maga or doing self-defense or doing competition. So mixed martial arts is grouping every style of martial arts together. Pretty much whatever you are good at using those tools. MMA is is mixed martial arts. So that's where the term like MMA comes from. It's so really, it, I, I just found that out. I, I really from, just found that out. <laughs> when most people say MMA, they're thinking of uh, UFC and uh, fighting in the ring. So that's what people usually like focus on when they say MMA, but it's a lot more than that. I automatically start thinking of M&Ms, but yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's because it's lunchtime. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of hungry. How does one decide or how did you decide jujitsu, right? Because there's so many art forms and I love the fact that you put it as an art form. It is, right? It's a, a movement of body. It's uh, working with other bodies. It's it's configuring yourself in a way. It's obviously it's comp- competition. There's there's so much to it, right? How did you decide jujitsu? over karate or taekwondo or wrestling or other forms so uh physics and motion is how i like to explain it because all martial arts are is physics what makes it work is physics and how you move your body and the angles that you're working and then strikes um control and angles you know physics so it's all physics um physics and motion so basically it's all the same thing a lot of people fight about like okay, is karate better or is Kung Fu better? It Can Kung Fu beat Krav Maga? Can Krav Maga beat Jiu-Jitsu on the street? Um, which all of those arguments are really irrelevant <laughs> because it's really about the practitioner, how much they understand and how well they use physics. So I started doing Kung Fu in, um, what was it, 2012? I started because my daughter was nine years old and she was having some really bad social problems in school at nine years old. She was choosing the wrong friends and she had bad influences. They, the, the line for me was that she and a couple friends stole books from the bookstore. Mm. And so at that moment I was like, Oh no, we're not even going to go down this, this road at nine years old. So I drug her into therapy to see someone to just kind of, you know, help. I wanted help with how to communicate with her because we had a really good, you know, parenting set. I I felt, you know, my boys who are older, they were they had no problems socially. They they were in sports and had healthy friendships. My daughter was just something different. <laughs> she was a whole different animal. So Anyway, long story short, uh, the therapist said, you know, your daughter has extreme ADHD, not just a little touch of it. So you need to, you know, do these things to keep her focused. And one of those things was to take her and put her into martial arts. So I went in with her and I had always had an interest in martial arts, but I had this misconception that you had to be a child to start martial arts. You can start later in life. Like, that was something kids started in and then continued in. And then when you were an adult, you became an instructor and taught other kids. So I just didn't know you could do that as an adult. Well, it happens to be a lot of people start as adults. So I started doing Kung Fu with my daughter and it was just what my body always was missing. <laughs> I, I was never in sports or anything, um, although I, I've always been athletic, but I stepped on the mat and just never left. 
So that was kind of the the beginning of my martial arts career and journey. I started doing jujitsu because my Kung Fu instructor, which this is very common for traditionalists, is in karate and Kung Fu, they, they kind of teach you if you go to the ground, you're dead. So you have to finish the fight while you're standing. And it's kind of like a weird conversation that just stops there. It's kind of like your parents telling you when you're a kid, don't have sex and then not explaining why. It just, it's, it was like, okay, we don't even have that conversation. But every time I ended up on the ground, I was like, this is important for women to know mm-hmm. how, how to stop an assault or an attack from the ground. And so I started um, doing research and I had a friend that did jujitsu. So I started doing jujitsu. I love that you said, so I first of all, you're just a fucking badass. And I value that you are a woman introducing this to your daughter at that age. For the rest of her life, she's going to thank you for that because having just learning martial arts in the last few years and like really connecting to how it's changed my relationship to my own body and my own safety in my body, like there's no words for it because I I love how you said something my body was always missing. And it's like restoring this sense of connection and intimacy and safety in the body, especially as a woman. Like sometimes, and I'm not saying men don't get scared because I have a lot of male friends that can be courageous enough to say they get scared when they go out in the world. They don't want to fight other dudes and they often feel like they have to fight other dudes because they're the dude, right? But for a woman to know how to protect herself, it's it's everything. And I didn't even know how scared my body was until I had a little bit of power learning mixed martial arts. Like the opposite was profound. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my daughter's so free spirited and she she didn't stay with martial arts for a long time, but I made sure that she stayed with it through um, her early teenage years and that she knew how to protect herself because I knew she was going to go out into the world and be crazy. So um, what she has, <laughs> she's, she's now uh, 19 years old and she's off on her own. She's actually moved out when she was 17. Um, just always wanted to be, you know, do her own thing, have her own apartment, make her own money. Um, and she's, she's awesome for that, but I'm always scared for her. Although I know that she knows how to protect herself. So that makes me a little more comfortable. So beautiful. You work with a lot of women who have been attacked, correct? Who have been either physically assaulted, sexually assaulted or traumatized in some way, correct? Yes. Um, it's interesting because I tell this story in my seminars. When we first started doing self-defense seminars, we were told that, you know, probably 60 to 70% of the women that go to self-defense seminars have been, you know, have a past, have some PTSD. Maybe they've been a victim in the past. Maybe they have a daughter or a mom or a sister that has been attacked. And so they want to know how to protect themselves. Well, that number is actually closer to 99%. You know, I meet instructors, I train instructors, and sometimes they don't come out right away saying what has happened to them in the past, but it's 100%. It's 100%. Every single one of my instructors have had a time in their life where they have either been preyed upon, they have been stalked. 
they have been attacked, they have been raped, molested, it, the list goes on, but there is not one instructor that I have that hasn't had something happen to them. The numbers are so much more big yeah. than, than they say. Like, I don't use statistics. And the reason why I don't use statistics, especially like for marketing, is because they're not real. They're, it's only the things that have been reported. So I would think that, you know, with, with in a society that is constantly being more of a reactive, uh, in a reactive position, right? So you're talking about marketing and outreach. Isn't, um, is one of your goals to start creating a more of a reactive approach, going after the younger adults, going after children, really starting educating and training from a young age so that they're not ending up in your, in your seminars and your trainings when it's kind of too late or when they're in a position where they like after they've been a victim. Yeah. After I, they've been a victim, like trying yeah, to be more reactive exactly. and, and, and actually like start training from a young age. Right. It's a great question. Right. So opposite of reactive, it's right. proactive. proactive. So yeah. So, um, most, most self-defense programs are reactive. They base their programs off people that have already been attacked where we are proactive meaning we base our programs off of teaching young people not to get attacked, <laughs> not to be preyed upon and what to look at, look for it, you know, what signs show that somebody might be a predator. So uh, to follow up question with that, right? So if the conversation is around protecting young girls and uh, not just young girls, but girls, women, anybody, right? In a contact sport where you're not, I'm assuming they're not just performing with other women they're performing with men as well correct or is that right yeah. and so in a, in, a, in a community in a world where we're, we're having that conversation with what is appropriate for a boy what is not appropriate um, for, for for girls as well and you put them in a sport where there is a lot of contact with the opposite sex potentially is there a conversation that needs to happen before that where it's safe in these environments but it's not appropriate in others we and we talk to parents a lot about that you know, a lot of girls come in and they don't want to be with boys. So for my gym specifically, I, I have classes that are co-ed and classes that are just for girls. So if a girl is not comfortable with boys yet, mm -hmm. we just put them in a class with girls. Uh, same with the women. I have women's courses and I kind of specialize in that. So we have what, how we've built it is we understand that women don't want to come in and grapple with a guy, especially if they have do have a past where they've been attacked. Um, so we start them in a 12 week course and we really encourage them along the way. Once they build up enough courage, enough confidence, enough resilience and self-worth, we start pushing them towards um, going or motivating them to go with the guys that they feel are safe and they get to actually pick the guy <laughs> that they think is it, that they feel comfortable with and they start going with with guys or boys in girls case I must be I don't know what's wrong with me because I personally love fighting guys and I have a really violent history with being sexually assaulted and physically assaulted and I find that a lot of my healing I'm not advising anyone to do this I think everyone is in different phases of their healing for me it's been really healing to be able to have to spar or fight with a guy on top of me and work through the freeze response that my body was having because my body was stressed and that's a natural PTSD response. And so when my body would freeze, I would start to cry. And I was teaching myself, okay, this is not, this is not the past. 
this is a new moment and with these skills and with this power, you can now defend yourself and push this guy off of you. And yeah. it was it was invigorating, it was empowering. And I remember talking with my professor about it, like Gracie Barra and Agora, and I told them what was coming up for me because I was I was, you know, I was, I was sparring and fighting with these dudes and I just kept shutting down in my body. And the empathy and compassion that he had that he said that a lot of women have struggled with this exact feeling. So for anyone out there, it is the art form is working through that is teaching your body you have power. You're not that little girl or you're not that young woman who might have been attacked and and teaching the body you, you have power and you can do something with it. Yeah, absolutely. It really depends on the individual. I am the same way. I love sparring with guys from the very beginning and I have been attacked in the past. So uh, it it really just depends on the individual, what they feel comfortable with and where they are in their mental health. You know, um, you're in a safe space. You understand you, you study mental health. And you have built the worked on building the confidence. Some women come in and they have no confidence and they never have in their life. So it really depends on the individual and what they're ready for at the moment. Well, I love the fact that you, first of all, recognize that you've identified it and you've actually created a space for both, right? So regardless of where they're at in the stage of their um, identification and confidence building. If they feel that they need to be in an all women's group, they have that option. If they feel like they want to go kick some guy's ass, more power to you. Here you go. And so that, yeah. I love that you've done that. Qu question for you. You have a daughter and two sons. Is that correct? Yes. So obviously you have, you identified at a young age, your daughter um, was, was struggling in certain ways and you wanted for her to have a safe and a, and a fun outlet to kind of express herself. Obviously, with your two sons, you know, how do you differentiate the principles that you're you're training them on, right? Obviously, your daughter had her sets. Your sons have theirs. What are the conversations that you're having with them at the same time that you're having with her? My husband and I have always just focused on making sure the boys understand what manners are mm -hmm. and how to treat women. And a lot of that is just shown by example. I have a really healthy relationship with my husband, who is their stepdad. So they're, they have examples to look at around them, and they always have of different lifestyles, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they've been able to pick and choose what path they want to go down. <laughs> and they know, they know for a fact that I will kick their butts if <laughs> they mess up. And it's come to that a couple of times when they were teenagers, you know, we've always been super, super open with the kids, um, almost too much <laughs> to the fact of, you know, we, they would talk to us about their, um, sexual experiences, like down to the nitty gritty of, Hey mom, what, what is this? What does this mean? Um, that's in my yeah. opinion, I don't think that's too much at no, all. I think all. our society is missing that. Yeah. I think the yeah. fact that your kids are coming to you is saying you have created an absolute safe environment for your kids to be open and honest with you. And that is how we protect children is by creating that safety. God forbid there is a predator around God forbid there is someone that was doing something, the kids have the language and feel safe enough to come to the parent because they don't feel shamed. They don't feel that they can't. Well, and I think yeah. what you said earlier is, 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 is really key, right? Your children are mirroring the relationship that you have with your partner, right? So the best way to, I mean, at least for me to educate uh, a young boy and, and of course girls too is um, 
what are the parents doing in front of them? Not not directly towards them, but indirectly within their own relationship, right? And th that's super important. And I agree it with is. you, Rachel, that transparency, I, I think, is the really, really the only way to do it, right? Because then you leave it up to them to figure out um, how things should be, could be, why would they be this way, right? There's no guessing involved. It's it's all open. It's all on the table. And so I love that you have that relationship with your children. Thanks. Yeah, the boys never really had an interest in martial arts. Uh, my oldest one did uh, as soon as he got into the Air Force. So he's in special forces in the Air Force. And he started doing jujitsu a little bit before he went on a couple tours and he was like, why didn't you make me do this when I was younger? I was like, I'm not going to force you to do it. They were into traditional sports. They have great relationships now. And I, I think that they can easily come to us if they have problems in their relationship, which is something that I never had in my early 20s. Yeah. So I see jujitsu as, as like a religion, right? It's a belief system. It's it's uh, obviously it's an art form and there's there's practicality to it but like in any religion there's philosophies there's ideologies into it can you go into for the for the listeners out there what are the principles what are the ideologies behind jiu-jitsu on a deeper level aside from the the contact and the physics of it like what is something that someone that could attend a class can learn from this for in their personal life as a philosophy so I actually wouldn't use jujitsu for that example. Okay. Um, I would go back to maybe Japanese jujitsu or even judo. Um, and the reason why is because if you've done some homework on different martial arts, Brazilian jujitsu is not so much the art that you want to go to for philosophy and Bushido. So if you look up the term Bushido, it's kind of the moral laws in martial arts that were founded or whatever you want to say created you know 2000 years ago when they didn't have guns and warfare so if you look at the history of fighting it came from the martial arts different martial arts came from india and china and even but beyond that before that there was wrestling and boxing so there was wrestling and boxing those were the first martial arts and then there were kung fu and karate which a lot of that is a lot of the written history goes back to China and India, where they would talk about or develop what was right and what was wrong and the yin and yang and the Bushidos. So the Bushidos, that a set of moral values, and that would be taught with the physical parts of martial arts. And you wouldn't really be considered a master in an art unless you had both good, like moral value and you are a good, um, physical practitioner. So do you believe there is a physical and spiritual connection in martial arts? I do, but not everybody does. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you know, there's good and bad people. <laughs> so, so there are people that are black belts in certain arts that are not good people. And you, you will find that. And unfortunately, not every school and every gym that's a martial arts gym is a good place to train because there are hidden, just like in any other field, there are hidden predators mm. in martial arts. Wow. Do you think that people, this is kind of an out there question, but it just reminded me of it. Do you think there are good and bad people or good and bad behaviors? 
Because I know people I that would be. Do you think it's hand in hand? Because I don't know. There are. Pe- I feel like we're all different layers and different shades of absolutely everything. You know, like I used to steal for drugs. You know what I mean? Like I used to lie, and I, now I would never do that. Well, you know? so are you saying that a person is either bad or good, but they can't be both? in different times of their life? It's a great question, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think think that's the beauty, though, of, in a sense, connecting it to martial arts, because I do think a person can transform bad behavior by understanding martial arts, by understanding their own mental health problems, and then using their power for good, right? And and using, especially on the mat, right? Like, when I've been fighting dudes, and them like just tapping out like the importance of tapping out and learning and, and and a guy practicing listening to a woman say hey no 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 right or a man listening to another man saying hey you know no 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 i, I know i'm kind of going all over the place but it's all interconnected for me because i think that's like martial arts is this relationship between mind body spirit and 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 connecting yeah i mean it's, it's kind of a loaded conversation because I think anybody can be good or bad, except for psychopaths. If you're deciding to be a bad person and you're a psychopath, you're not going to decide to be a good person. Yeah. And those are the type of people, (laughs) you know, because one of the things that I I read on your website is you teach the methodology that criminals use. And a lot of criminals are psychopaths that don't have the ability to have empathy for the harm they're causing on another person. So what are some of those methodologies that criminals use? Like, what is it that predators seek? What are they looking for to attack their prey? It's more it's more of thinking of it as a game because every every predator is different. What they want is different. So it, and no attack is going to be the same. So it's really whatever game that they're creating and just winning that game. It's all about the game. It's all about the game. I have a question going back to what you mentioned about even in the world of jujitsu where there's there might be principles, might not be. There are good players or bad players. Let's say you have a parent that's trying to find, is it a dojo or what? what, what is it What is it called? Yeah, you can call it anything, dojo, academy, okay. school, gym. So when someone's looking for a dojo or a school or an academy uh, for a loved one, either for themselves or for their child, what are things that they need to be on the lookout for? Like what are the questions that sh- they should be asking? Let's say they're not a, they're not a person that, you know, is coming from a traumatic experience. Like for me personally, I have a daughter. She's five years old. I'm absolutely dying to get her plugged into jujitsu. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be extremely I inspired, helpful to her. I inspired you, didn't I? Sure. Yeah. Just say it. Uh, yeah, Just uh, say yes, I inspired yes, you. Yes, okay, absolutely. There you go. Um, so, you know, and, and I'm searching on Yelp and I'm going on Google and like I see all these different places and price wise are all roughly the same thing. But you know, I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know, like, is my daughter going to get the most, the best out of this experience? Like, so what is it that you look for? What is it that you promote within your own practice that families out there that can kind of take on and in their search process? I actually answer this question all the time in parent groups on Facebook. So um, that's one place that you can start is by asking parents what martial arts uh, studios they recommend. And if it's specifically jujitsu, then I would ask specifically jujitsu so that you know what Uh, experiences parents have had in your area. Also, I always tell people to take advantage of the free trials. So you can pretty much get a free trial for your child at any jujitsu school. It might be one day, it might be one week, it might even be two weeks, or they might be running a special at the time. 
but I would take them to at least three schools and see which one feels right. See which uh, instructor you like, talk to the instructors, see how friendly they are. Sometimes you get schools where it's a blue belt teaching and they don't really want to be teaching kids, but the main instructor doesn't want to teach kids. So you, you will have, you will know the feeling of um, talking to that person and finding out if they really care about teaching kids or not. For me, that's one of my, my favorite parts of running a school is teaching kids. So you can have either one, you can have the main instructor be teaching kids, or you can have somebody that doesn't really care. Why are so many schools afraid of bringing these types of programs into their curriculum? Uh, I think it's just what the instructor wants, you know, individually. Some people do open schools to make money and some people open schools because they have a true passion for the art and they really want to teach it. Some people have the ability to teach adults and are great at it and aren't really great at teaching kids. And then some people are really great at teaching kids and not so much adults. Did you mean like schools, like public school yeah, systems? Yeah, like public school systems. Like why don't they bring like that why into their is it oh. not? Why is it not just part of the norm to teach people, to teach young girls and boys self-defense, especially it, in this day and age? You know, so in California that you have to teach in public school, I think it's high, the first two years of high school, they have to learn self-defense, but it's not regulated to the point of it needs to meet this criteria. So we're kind of getting into this field right now. And we go to one high school that we've been testing our program with on the high school kids. And hopefully we'll be going to more high schools now that we've, we're kind of past that beta testing, but it's not really, they kind of find whatever they can in their area to cover that span of time just because it's required, but there's not a lot of focus on it. Do you feel that the number one question or the first question you get is like, from a liability standpoint, like, can there be harm to the children? Are the parents resistant to that because they're afraid of something happening? Or do you feel like that's pretty irrelevant? Yeah, I think that's pretty irrelevant. I don't know, because in the treatment industry, a lot of, I've brought this up before, a lot of people are, there. there's people that are afraid to hire self-defense teachers to come into treatment centers because of the liability. And it's a real thing. If someone gets hurt, they don't want, they don't want to take that on. But it's especially with people who are struggling with addiction, a lot of them have really severe complex trauma and it would be really helpful. So it's like this dance of like, how do you, how do you get this into the systems and fight this fear that people have of of people getting hurt? Well, uh, every, almost everybody has liability insurance and if they don't, they should. So, uh, my, I, all my businesses and my nonprofit have liability insurance. So that's not a problem for me. Also, do you want to take the chance getting hurt out there when you don't know what to do? Or do you want to take the chance getting hurt trying to learn what to do? Oh right. yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, th- I feel like we all agree that it could be extremely helpful, but yeah. I think that, 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 that does come up as a question sometimes. I remember you were trying to drop off a, a punching bag. No, I did. <laughs> I dropped it off. Cause, but it took us a couple of weeks to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, well, what if someone punches it the wrong way and then they break their wrist <laughs> and then it's now we're going to get sued. Yeah. So, but I think yeah. it's a really important form for people to also work through anger and yeah. to be a really good tool to help people express their anger, especially men and in, in really healthy ways, but also especially women because women have a lot of suppressed anger that yeah. in our society has not been allowed to, you know, be okay to just express something I want to just circle back to when it comes to 
because you talked about ADHD earlier, and I feel like this is such a hot topic for for parents because I feel like people are just getting diagnosed ADHD left and right, and kids are being diagnosed ADHD left and right. How does mixed martial arts, jujitsu, help improve focus? Great question. Because you have to focus to get better. Hmm. I mean, you especially for kids, because I do work with a lot of kids that seem to um, have a hard time with focus. And when it's not their parent and you really have good intentions for them, I think it can really, really help. Like, for example, I just because it's at the top of my head, I had a little girl yesterday who has been a student for a while and she just has a hard time sitting still. So giving little rewards or giving them something to look forward to, but making them sit still, like she, she wasn't doing the technique at the time she was supposed to be watching, but she wanted to be running around the mat. So I just had her sit next to me, but it was almost like a reward to sit next to me because I'm the instructor instead of like sit across from me on the wall. So just kind of figuring out what motivates your child mm. and it's, it's individual, and that's what I did with my daughter is I found out what motivates her, what she really likes to do. Like she didn't really like to play video games or she didn't like technology that much. So she didn't like, I couldn't use movies to motivate her when she was little or using the phone or playing a game on the iPad, uh, anything like that. It was for her, it was art. She loved to um, go to Michael's and pick out a craft to do. So her, her reward was always reminding her, like, we're going to go to Michael's at the end of the week and you can pick something, but we got to focus on this right now. So it's rewarding so. the behavior that you want them to do and, and yes. the, uh, a behavior that eventually you want to create as a habit and, and a pattern. Right. What do you tell parents whose kids are afraid of joining a, a, a club like this? Like they're afraid of fighting they're afraid of getting beat up or, you know, punching somebody like what's the type of conversation that a parent typically should have with the kid? I love that. I question. think just <laughs> taking them to uh, taking them to the classes. And this is as another healthy gym environment thing. If you're going to different trials and your daughter or your son doesn't feel like, like feels like they're scared or they're shy, just sit there on the side and watch classes. And I've had quite a few little kids, especially the younger ones, that their parents really wanted them to do jujitsu, but they were scared to go on the mat. I just say, you know, come to classes as many times as you want before you sign up. When they, you know, a week later, maybe a kid decides, okay, I'm going to do the warm ups because love, love, not all of the attention is on me. I love that you said <laughs> that because, I mean, listen, when I'm with my daughter at home, like she's kicking my butt. Like, I, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's punching me. She's wrestling. She wants to like, go at it. I'm like, all right, you know, obviously with, with caution. But then we would go, like, I think my wife took her one time to uh, a dojo or a class and and she gets nervous, right? She, like when it comes to, because she's not comfortable, she doesn't know anybody there. She doesn't understand like what's going on. And so I love that you said that, like just come in and sit down on the side, be a spectator, see what's going on, get comfortable with it. There's no pressure, like, you're not applying pressure. I, I remember when I was a kid and I was in Taekwondo for like, I don't know, three, four years. And it, it was you a were? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a money grab. I mean, I had to renew my, my suits and my body armors like every three months because he wanted to charge us money and every belt cost like $600. And it was like, yeah. it was just a money grab. So eventually I just got tired of it and didn't want to do it. 
But I mean, going to this class, like I, you know, I was, I was afraid of getting up there and starting to fight with pe- with other boys. I didn't know what I was doing, and I was afraid of getting punched and all these other things. And unfortunately, that that class wasn't a, a good example of what should have been done because they kind of just forced you into it. But um, <laughs> I love that you said that. I mean, being a spectator, getting comfortable with it, and and then jumping in when you're ready. That's what I did with my son. My yeah. son for the first class and the second class was terrified and he was crying. And on the inside, in my thoughts, I'm like, oh my god please join them out. I want to be able to connect with this on you and, and share this experience. But instead I praised him and validated for even just showing up. And then by the third class, he was so excited to get on the mat. And I saw him build that confidence in front of me that he faced his fear. And now he loves showing up to, to mixed martial arts class and the discipline. I think that's what parents really need to understand too, is the discipline and structure that's provided in a dojo is essential to creating a really regulated nervous system for a child Mm. it's essential children need structure they need to feel like they're showing up for something and and it's organized and it's a safe it's a safe container right well it's giving competition and reward to focus right focus your attention devote yourself to something grow within that right uh it's great for kids who are kind of all over the place especially in the technological world that we live in right now there's not a lot of interpersonal connection with others and this is you know this is a great opportunity for them personal question were you together with your partner at the time that your daughter joined you and your daughter joined yes as a a father of a daughter what is something that it's important for girl dads uh in their relationship uh as the girl is growing up like what are some of the key characteristics that you saw in your partner um through that period and that process? Great question. I think it's very relevant. And her father, her biological father was just very unnatural for a girl dad. Uh, So I was very lucky that my husband was a very, very good stepdad to her and really focused on what interests her. So like I said, she wasn't really into like technology. So she did love cooking with him and she didn't so much love cooking with me. So she would bake with him and they would watch uh, like her favorite movies or whatever. And so keeping those little things throughout her childhood, even into today is super like cute and also really important, I think, because he, she still likes to do those things with him. You know, so it doesn't matter really what it is. Find out what your kid's interest is and then make it something that is just you and her do. You know, it's, it just makes it special and it, and it continues. I love that. That's beautiful. Our things like watching movies and having ice cream and Cute. building Legos and all this kind of stuff. So I'm assuming, of course, you still compete, correct? I do. Okay. What goes on in your mind <laughs> in, when you're in battle mode? I watch UFC. I mean, you know, and it's like, I mean, it's, it's such a exciting sport and it's thrilling and you can see that they're just going wild and they're so you know into it but i'm so curious like what's really going on in their mind you know can you talk about that and what that experience is like for you when you're in in an actual competition winning (laughs) sure (laughs) well obviously (laughs) i've gone through different phases and early on, it was all about kicking ass <laughs> nice. and, and really, you know, visualizing winning and stuff like that, that, you know, even young kids say in, in MMA and now it's much different. So anxiety is something that almost every female, I'm sure males do experience anxiety as well before fighting, 
But for females, especially, they experience a lot of anxiety. And I learned a trick. I don't remember who taught me this. It might have been my daughter's therapist. I'm not even sure. Anyway, I read somewhere that when you're experiencing anxiety, especially before a fight, that you recognize that you have that feeling that it is anxiety and that if you feel grateful or sit with that feeling for a minute and accept that this is you feeling anxiety, that it goes away a lot quicker. So you kind of welcome it. So you welcome it, come in, and then it sits with you and then it leaves. Because once you, it's it's a buildup, right? So you're looking forward to this fight, you're training for this fight, you're thinking about this fight, you're getting you know ready for it, visualizing all the moves that you want to do. Uh, so you feel anxiety all the way up to the point of, of slapping hands with your opponent and them saying go. Once they say go and it's in the fight, in the moment, it's just like another any other day on the mats in your own gym. And you know that you're fairly safe, especially in jujitsu competition. Like, yeah, you're trying to hurt each other, but you can tap at any time. It's not like self-defense. It's not like somebody attacking you on the street. So I've just over time competing so often, I've gotten comfortable with it. And now it's no big deal. Like I, I can't get anxiety if I try to get anxiety. <laughs> you're a beast. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. But really, I, it's just something I do, you know, it's down to the, to the point of it's just something I do and I'm comfortable doing it and whether and I I know I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose there's nothing like the only thing I can do to control the fight is have my best fight you know be be my best if I'm your competition right now and I'm listening to this podcast I'm like shit she doesn't have anxiety like I do (laughs) she's like straight up legit I'm gonna get my ass whooped Listen, jujitsu has been one of the toughest things I've ever learned in my life because I've had to commit to just being a student and falling and being the worst in the class, being a loser, not winning, which is for someone like me who's really competitive is really difficult. So how do you teach people to not give up? Because you don't, I played soccer till I was in my uh, early twenties and the reward was so in your face. You, you score a goal. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of impact. It was like, you know, everyone's like cheering. Right. But I feel like in jujitsu, you, you lose a lot and you don't, there's not like a big impact. So how do you teach people to not give up and to have this like keep going mentality when it's really hard a lot of the time? So I think that we've had a lot of success in this with female classes specifically. Uh, The way that I have set things up and for kids as well is we play a lot of games. So not only do we have like, we teach the warmups, of course, we teach drilling, so we're teaching the moves, but we also play a lot of games. So by taking the stress of winning out um, and just playing, it it really um, builds confidence. And then sooner or later, you're doing the movements right. And if you're drilling all the time, you start doing the move, you know, those movements right, you start getting tighter submissions. And then before you know it, somebody else new comes in, like six months to a year down the line, somebody comes in and you can actually do those things. And then your confidence really builds because you're able to win somebody that's new and then the light bulb clicks on and you're like, oh, okay. If this happens to me in real life, I can actually do it because this person knows nothing. 
It is kind of like, I mean, you you do have a dojo called Cobra Kai, so it would be kind of rude for me not to bring up the Karate Kid. But it is like that scene from the Karate Kid. Did, have you seen the Karate Kid? Are you talking about the new series the new, or the, the movie? The old one. Yes, Some people course. haven't seen it. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I rarely meet these people. But where Miyagi is, you know, teaching Daniel to paint the fence and doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, he doesn't even, and his body is literally learning the moves because he's repeatedly doing it over and over and over again to the point where Miyago's like, paint the floor, you know? And then wax he waxed on, waxed wax off. And he, he literally is defending himself, and he has no, he, he didn't know. So it's the best scene in the movie. It's the best scene in the movie. And so I think... No, the best scene in the movie is when he got kicked down. By who? Got up. Did the the, uh, the, the cobra, you know, <laughs> the, the crane, the crane, yeah, and just pop in the face. <laughs> so I, I feel like you're teaching your body habit, right? Like you're teaching your body to keep going repetition, no matter what. Correct. Yes. And I have a good example of this that just happened. So, um, and I was so proud of him. One of my original students at this gym. So he's been coming to this gym for uh, two years to my gym. And he's 10 years old now. So he's eight when he started. He's a very small kid for his for his age. We have a new kid that started that's about 13, at least twice his size, if not more. Okay. So just started, but he's a really smart kid too, the the older, bigger kid. He's smart. He is learning fast, but he's had like maybe three or four classes. So they ended up in the same class one day just because he wanted to stay, the younger kid wanted to stay longer. And um, they, so I just let them spar for a minute and they were doing like take down to a dominant position is, is what we call that. And the little kid was just kicking the big kid's butt and the big kid was trying and the big kid was like, what's happening? Like, how is this little tiny thing kicking my butt right now? And I was, I just had the best instructor moment. <laughs> and I was, I said, that's what, that's it. That's it right there. This little kid, if he gets bullied, if some big kid from high school tries to pick on him or tries to do anything to him, he is going to kick their butt. Right. And because it, it's just so cool. Sorry. I, I that interrupted. Is really, really, really cool. So cool. And I think that's <laughs> the brilliant thing about jujitsu is it doesn't matter how big your opponent is. You can take them down. Man, I yep. wish I knew you in, in middle school. Right. That would have been funner. <laughs> yeah. A lot less bullying. So how do you take care of your mental health? So this is this is a got mental health podcast. So how do you, Stacy Councilman, t- got your mental health? I, I meditate when I feel like I need to meditate. I do a sauna when I need to do a sauna. I go to cryotherapy when I need to go to cryotherapy. I take a hot bath when I want to take a hot bath. (laughs) I have learned to not overwork myself to the point of exhaustion and stress. Um, I, I own a couple companies and I run a nonprofit and things can get hectic and people are like, how do you do it? And I constantly feel every day. I feel like I'm not doing enough every day. I, I struggle with the inner voice. That's telling me I could be so much, I could be so much further along in whatever I'm doing right now. If I would just sit down and focus on it all day long um, and spend every waking moment working. <laughs> and that's, that's, it's very damaging. Um, and I've learned from those mistakes. And now having 
done the nonprofit for so long and having owned my own businesses for so long and going through the different stresses and my kids are not out of the house. So I have more time to work on those things. I've just taught myself to, if I feel like taking a break, I take a break. I love that. And I think that really helps with, with my mental health. I have to force some things like I have to force myself to drink enough water. I have to force myself to stop and read and get off my phone. It's just self-discipline, I guess. Mm. I guess what it comes down to. But I, I, I do, I do want to point out. So I mean, and I just made a video about this, right? So yeah, you did. The, 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 right. So the, <laughs> the key to a successful anything, whether it be a venture or business, or you have to have three pieces to it, right? And and I feel like you have all three of those pieces, and I think that's why you're so super successful. And I agree with you. You you need you need to take the breaks. You need to have the self reflecting moments. You need to have the unwinding shutdown, right? But those are small glimpses into the larger picture of things, right? To kind of refresh, right? You have the passion. That's the first thing. You have a passion for jujitsu, passion for helping women, young young girls, young men, and really through that education and through, I'm assuming, through your nonprofit and whatnot. But the, the key to it is you also have the obsession, right? You are obsessed with what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so tiring because you're constantly thinking about it. And, and, I, and I understand where you're coming from because I'm in that same boat from my realm, right? Where whether I'm eating, drinking, sleeping, whatever, waking up, it's always on my mind. And so it's exhausting as hell. And that's why these breaks are so necessary, right? But the final piece is action. And that's what you're doing a lot of, right? Is you're, you're making decisions. You're constantly trying to reinvent your own wheel in a sense. You're trying to constantly grow. And so yeah, it is exhausting and it's tiring and, and there's, it's daunting and it takes a lot of time and energy and whatnot. But honestly, that's what it takes to be successful in this day and age. Like there's there is no other way around it. Right. But it's, it's important what you said, that there are times you need to know when to step away and just take a quick break. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times about um, and everything's relative to jujitsu when you do jujitsu. So um, I think about times where I couldn't do jujitsu for any reason, like injury, or I went on vacation, um, which was very seldom. But there were periods of time, like say two weeks where I couldn't do jujitsu for some reason. When you come back to it, it's so much better. Like it, you're so much more clear mm. and you have more fun. And I think I've learned from that, that if I'm working hard on something, it's like writing a book, right? You work on it. You have all these thoughts. You're writing, you're writing, you're writing. And then all of a sudden it's that block, right? So you know from your experience and other people's experiences that you have to walk away. Mm -hmm. You have to walk away. You have to clear your mind and then you'll get another inspiration and come back. It's the same thing with jujitsu, especially because the journey is so long for jujitsu. Um, most arts are two to four years. You can kind of get a black belt if you work really hard at it. Jujitsu is 10 to 15 years to get a black belt. Wow. So the journey is very up and down. It's very life things happen in 10 to 15 years. You have injuries in 10 to 15 years. You have kids and they grow up and so much of life changes and yeah. you might move you know, and have to find another gym. You might have a really bad experience at one gym and have to find another one. So all these things happen, but if you keep going, you're going to be successful and you're going to master, uh, get to a, a point where you're mastering things. So it's the same in life. Stacey, I, I want to be a client. Um, Do it. Well, 
where are you located? Can you tell the fans? Northern California. Okay. Are you looking to expand to Southern California anytime? Oh, shit. I have I have friends there. <laughs> nice. Well, how do families? How do people? How do they find you? Like, can you talk? You said you have several businesses. Can you give a, a brief description of each of those? I know we had a little um, intro in the beginning, but how do people find you? Uh, how do they connect with you? Uh, so the nonprofit, the Warrior Forge Project, which is our um, nonprofit that works on giving free self-defense throughout the United States to communities, not just for women, but for everybody. Um, that's warriorforgeproject.com. Uh, you can find us there. We have social media for all of the, all of the things that I'm going to mention. So uh, you can also find us on social media. Um, my TikTok's doing pretty good for Warrior Forge Project. Nice. <laughs> that can one's, you give us uh, a secret, please? Yeah. We're trying to figure it out here. <laughs> I'm getting one follower a day. That's this is, good. That's one human being wait, a day. Is this like jujitsu? 10, 15 <laughs> years, I'll bad. finally get yes. 300 followers? Yes, oh, Joe Rogan. Man. I was like, after 10 years, this podcast became the biggest podcast. 10 years? Yes. Oh, okay, fine. It's <laughs> so hard. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. Yeah. You got to keep posting. I suck at it. Um, I hate taking videos I and I hate myself yeah. being on videos. So um, it's so time consuming, but I know that's what needs to happen for social media to be successful these days. So um, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. Good. Let's see. That's Warrior Forge Project. If you had to and give yourself a belt on it, what, what color belt would it that's be? That's a great question. On social media? Yeah. Ugh. White like, stripe. One stripe on a white belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when social media first started, I would have given myself a pretty good belt. But now, um, just with all of the other pieces of business that you have to build, it'd be pretty low because I just can't spend enough time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get sucked in if you're spending time on it. Yeah. So I would say yeah. like in as far as like jujitsu. So jujitsu has um, white, blue, purple, brown, black. I would say I'd probably be a baby blue belt in social media. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pass along. One, I'll take the white stripe with the, with the black little circle in the middle of it. One day we'll be we'll be master black belts in social media. Yeah. Okay, what are the other organizations? My gym is the Warriors Forge Cobra Kai Roseville, and that is in Roseville, California, which is right a suburb of Sacramento. So if you're listening and you're in the Sacramento area, you can find my gym. The Mean Girl Project is my baby project right now. Uh, myself and my co-CEO are just all gung-ho about it. It's a pink belt system, so... Rachel does Gracie Baja, so she knows that they have like a women's empowered program that's a Gracie program that gives you pink belts. So it's kind of similar to that, except we also mix in Krav Maga and defensive tactics like firearms training. And we have a full system. So you can actually get really good at self-defense through our program if you don't want to invest in being a martial artist and going to jujitsu classes. So for the woman that wants to just go through a self-defense course, it's a full self-defense course. By the end of the four different courses, you can be, it's like a blue belt in jujitsu and like a green belt, which is halfway through in Krav Maga, and then proficient enough in firearms to have your CCW. So that's why we're super excited about the Mean Girl Project, because it is a full self-defense program where women can go through it and not have to worry about doing martial arts outside of it 
Is it all in person or yeah. is it online? Um, it's in person right now. So we are working on our online version. Of course, like I said before, <laughs> the video thing is just something that's that's hard to get done in the time that we have during the day. Um, but we will eventually have it online. Can you imagine? It's like, honey, I need you to go buy a gun so that I can participate. They have in big this. ones. Well, fine. Whatever. It defeats <laughs> the point of the joke. <laughs> let me let me laugh for you. <laughs> Stacy thought it was funny. <laughs> Stacy, we can't say enough to appreciate you coming on board and participating with us here today. I mean, such valuable information for for young girls, for women in general, for fathers, for men. We typically ask one question to all of our guests before we end. If you go back 15 years ago to Stacy of then, what type of advice would you give her? <laughs> Just keep going because it's going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always move forward. Go ahead. Yes. No. Go ahead. No. Nope. You got it. No. Nope. Listen. I don't know what to just say. Just do it. I don't have the script in front of me. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, Stacy. It's been an absolute thank pleasure. You. you are an absolute inspiration to me. Thank you for just being you, being alive, teaching other women what you're teaching them. It's it's completely life-changing yeah. and an honor to meet you. And I can't wait to actually meet you in person and come to one of your classes and mats and dojos and take your self-defense course. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you everyone who is listening to the Got Mental Health podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please rate, review, and leave us a little comment so we can get to know you better. We appreciate your support and we will see you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Bye. Bye.